Welcome back to our show. This is the SLS Conversations, a Stellenbosch-based podcast hosted by the Senior Living Spaces Cluster. This podcast documents the experiences of the SLS Cluster students. We extend our warm welcome to those joining us for the first time, Dallas and Lindile, and to our regular guest, Boya Valkum. I am your host, Simbili Sibia. In today's episode, we are joined by Tabani Mtsi. And I'm your facilitator, Kuma Gola. So to get right to it, we all know that South Africa is currently under lockdown restrictions. And this has led to so many uncertainties, especially among young graduates and final year students. So many companies have closed down and the prospect of employment seems even more hopeless for many South Africans. Unemployment is said to increase after lockdown. So for graduates, it's going to be a tough, tough, tough time. Um, so we want to speak about how you can prepare yourself for um, life after lockdown, specifically for employment and employability. So to kickstart today's conversation, I want to ask the question, what are you guys studying and what career paths are you pursuing? Mm, thank you so much, so much, Anatoma. Um, I am a civil engineering master's student and in civil engineering, that's that's a career mm. I'm pursuing. And and hopefully I, I get employed as a civil engineer when I grow up. <laughs> What is a civil engineer, up? if I may ask? So a civil engineer is is basically someone who, who changes lives at the, at the core of it. Uh, mm. And some of the things that we do <laughs> to change lives um, is we look at infrastructure, roads, we look at transport, transport systems. We look at we look at water, water systems, and anything infrastructural. So the services that you get, water, electricity. Um, sometimes you civil engineers will look at the infrastructure around that and setting those up. I particularly specialize in transport engineering. Oh wow! Um, more specifically focused on the public transport sector, looking at our minibus taxi industry and seeing how we can improve that for 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 the many um users in south africa mm. okay your work sounds very interesting but just to over to zimbili i just want to ask what are you studying and what is your career i'll get back to you tabani okay i am in forestry and to those who don't know mostly it's not just about cutting trees so my field of interest is in operational efficiency so we call it forest engineering and i'm currently busy with my phd in looking at private farmers um forest operations and how to improve it aligning it with um technology-based approaches but the most important thing is that the communities that i'm currently looking at in my study are very much um small small businesses and small mm. farmers and they care a lot more about um community-based employment so the interventions that we are looking at is we're trying to ensure that the productivity increases while not compromising the employment of the workers so that's my interest and career-wise definitely going the research route because mm. I find research is very fascinating to me and especially the power and the impact it can have in our society and our systems. Wow, wow, wow. Your careers sound so interesting. I just want to ask then, both of you are master's 
PhD students, so postgrad students, essentially. And are you guys looking into, when you say you want to be a researcher, Zemili, does that mean you want to work for research and development company? Is there something like that? Or are you sticking to academia? Um, and how does that look like in terms of applying for research or postdoc? position at the moment? Well, since I'm still my first year of PhD, the part of of applying for anything is very much not in my mind at the moment, but I am very much interested in academia. However, I know that it would be of great value for me to get some fieldwork exposure before I fully embark on academia journey. And one thing that I've always believed from a very young age is that as an individual and a citizen of the world, I do always to teach because I am very much capable and can be quite a good teacher. So part of me pursuing academia is that I want to be in the lecture halls because investing in the minds of young people it's one of the most fulfilling things that I get to do at the moment for fun. But uh, if I integrate that with my passion, I feel like I'm aligning my passionate purpose to teach and share and inspire, but still do research in the process. Yeah, I'm definitely not looking at um, any employment applications at the moment, but very much investing in my research skills. Oh, and yes, I'm doing a Udemy course on data science and um, using the R software because that's what we use a lot in forestry at the moment in terms of research. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, so for you then, um, Tabani, I, ima- I imagine with civil engineering, you, your career will always be relevant no matter what. I, I would imagine there'll be some sort of stability <laughs> and comfort in knowing that you always need roads to be built, you always need something to be fixed. So how are you looking uh, or preparing for yourself for um, employment? Is there any preparation that's needed or are you those engineers that know it's a skill that will always be needed amongst <laughs> humans? So let me first, a point of correction there, ne? as yeah. much as we'll, we'll always need roads and we'll always need infrastructure. If you look at the lifespan of a road, for instance, mm. it's it's something to the degree of like 20 years to 15 years to 20 years. And so bear in mind that should a specific contractor or consultant procure a, a road project, they're on that project for the for, for the remainder of that time. So for, for 15 years to 20 years. So the construction and civil engineering industry is actually up and down in, in industry. And it, it, it's, it's typically in a five-year span. So every five years, there's like a boom in construction. People want to build mad and they want to, to, to do a lot of new projects because a lot of based on new projects, right? If there aren't any new projects, that there aren't any new skills necessarily needed. So, and this is not to say that civil engineering doesn't have great job opportunities. I think there's a host of job opportunities waiting for me when I leave, hopefully, fingers crossed. But it is an ebb and flow type of industry. And the ebbs and flows are experienced more in the salary um, realm than they are. I guess, in the employment realm, because I guess we always need engineers to be on the ground. But with regards to how much they get paid, uh, it, it, then, it then is adjusted to how the economy is performing. And yeah, so 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 there are those challenges, um, but would also be positives, you know, because it allows one to think beyond their career. 
and to well it allowed me at least to focus on specific skill sets that I have as opposed to I've got a civil engineering degree and this is going to allow me to be a civil engineer uh, because I need to be able to to weather the five-year storms when they come or should they come. So it's quite clear then whatever misconceptions you had about being in the academia or being an engineer that you still need to prepare so there is a lot a great deal of preparation that is needed so whether you're doing research or pursuing the field of academia you still need a certain skill sets and even with as an engineer you need those skill sets so what how are you preparing for that so are you doing courses online? Uh, what what active um, participation or involvement is needed from you guys to get to where you need to be? Well, when I'm Kuma, that that actually is the benefit that I found in in this lockdown period is that it allowed me to sit down and ask myself what skills do I actually have because I think it's all good and well to be pursuing or to be working towards a specific qualification and blindly, well, I at least I can only speak for myself, I blindly assume assumed that from year one up till I graduated and after that pursuing a postgrad degree, all the, 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 the objectives and the outcomes of the courses I was meeting, I thought that when a course says you'll be able to do this and that and that and that, I think the, the ignorant assumption from my side was that I was acquiring those skills. Yeah. So a lot, of the, a lot of the courses I did were saying, you're going to have analytical skills, you're going to be able to problem solve, you're going to be able to, to creatively look at ideas. And we all know that our schooling system is unfortunately based on if you have the past papers, if you know how to remember stuff, you pass the exam and you pass the module and you pass the degree, right? That's just how it goes, the unfortunate reality. So I was faced with the reality that I might not even have any tangible skills that I that, that I possess after the four-year degree. And so to to bridge this gap, I, I then actively inquired um, what my skills were, what skill set I had to offer. Because also, if you if, if you remember that when crisis hits, ne, companies first dispose of the people that are just meeting the bare minimum. Mm. And in any engineering company, in any engineering firm, any civil engineering firm, everybody has got a degree. Do you know what I mean? So you can't stand on the fact that you've got a degree. So when, when, when the consideration is made, who are we letting go of? Who are we keeping? I was faced with, 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 the, with the thought of, I want to be so skilled that when they look through the list of names, they look at my name and they're like, we, we can't let go of this guy. Yes, he's got mm. an engineering degree, but he also has this and that and this and that and that and that and that. And so during this time, I've been actively trying to find what those things are and i haven't done any courses uh it, it's just being being the pursuit of what those things are and very intentionally and very rigorously rigorously so um even having conversations with my mom asking her what type of child i was um what things i thrived in what things made oh, me wow. the happiest um so it's just been thorough thorough investigation and, and it's really been absolute bliss because you find out things about yourself that you even forgot you know yeah and i guess that's what we mean by employability so it's what distinguishes you from everyone else can someone look at you and say this is the person i want so mm. yeah mm. Yeah. And for you, Zimili, within the academic field um, or research um, area, how are you finding in terms of building the skill sets that you'll need 
in order to be a future researcher and someone who contributes and transfers knowledge to young, brilliant minds. <laughs> well, I like that you said young, brilliant minds. <laughs> I, um, firstly, I just want to say, wow, Tabani, for sharing that. I, it, it hits somewhere. And I think for me, it's really inspiring to, to hear that, you know, um, young people are doing that. So for me, lockdown was an opportunity to fully investigate myself because I am a so-called jack of all trades, if I should put it that way. Mm-hmm. I like to get myself into every space that I see an opportunity. But that comes at the cost, and the cost is health. And for mm-hmm. a while now, that has been one of the greatest challenges. Like if ever I have a setback, it's because my health is struggling to keep up with my commitments. So mm-hmm. I was I actually saw it as an opportunity to explore something that I've once wanted to try. I don't remember who the speaker was who mentioned this, but um I, she spoke of it as having a sacred hour, the first hour of your day to be your sacred hour. And at that time, I had no structure to explore. It was probably three years ago. And then last year, I read the book. Um, I actually listened to the audio book, The 5 a.m. Club by Robin Sharma. And I decided to use this lockdown opportunity as a challenge and to explore the 5 a.m. Club challenge, but also adding on to something that I've I decided I want to do more of early in the year that I read a lot of books, but I don't really apply a lot of the knowledge that I read. So this was me deciding to take note of the content that I've learned from the 5am club to basically win in the first hour and master the first hour of my day for me to have a successful day. And that meant that I actually get to do my exercising. I get to have my quiet time and meditate. And I also get to learn something new. And in that, the one thing that I wanted to learn in the um, 20 minutes, so just to give it a little context. So the first hour, you split it into three 20-minute sessions, where the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes is to get your heart rate going so that you just have energy and get all your blood flow going and then the second 20 minutes is to invest in your spirituality in whichever way you want to shape that and then the last 20 minutes is to learn something new and for me that new something was the skill of speed reading but also contextualizing because I love reading and especially in my research there's a lot of reading that I need to do but I have also noticed that I'm an average reader so that would make me um, I read 200 to 250 words per minute and I was not impressed with that like I really wanted to do better so I found a border course which was on sale there was like 150 on Udemy on speed reading and speed learning and I've been doing that course um, for about a month now and the last time I checked my speed reading it was on 375 words per minute that really um, <laughs> I, I felt so I feel so good about it because even the way I read now just is um challenging my beliefs about reading and when I go through my content I am able to conceptualize but at the same time read 
read faster. And so what I added on now is a new book by Jim Quick, which is called Limitless. And his philosophy is basically on your brain is the greatest gift you can ever ask for. And the limitations you have are based on beliefs, but you'll never know that until you explore the potential of your brain. So I've just started with that book and to advance my memory, my reading speed and my learning speed, because it's something that I'll forever need in the career that I want to pursue. And that's what I'm busy with. Sure, guys, talk about being prepared. Here I was thinking I was doing the most, but listening to the conversations with my two colleagues, peers, I've realized that there's still more to do. There's still more preparation that's at hand. And you can never do enough to make yourself distinguished um, as well as um, prepared for the job or whatever career you're pursuing out there. So just let us know, what are you doing right now? How are you preparing yourself for employment? What websites are you looking at? And where is your career path taking you? Okay, so don't forget to like, comment, and follow us on SoundCloud. We're also on Twitter. So we'd like to hear what you thought about today's episode. From me, Puma Kola, and everyone part of this conversation, thank you for tuning in.